Welcome to the ET Considers Everything podcast for Sunday, November 17th, 2019. On this edition, we'll be taking a look back at the weekend in uh, high school football, the VHSL Region 1D and 2D playoffs got underway this week, and the Region 3D playoffs got underway locally with the Abbott and Falcons in action. So what I'll do, I'll take a look back at all those games and give you a look back at a rundown at some of the uh, college football action from yesterday and preview some of the big days NFL action as well. So without further ado, let's get going on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. First off, I just want to say how much it meant to me to be back up at Central High School on Friday night, to be in the uh, stands there to watch Central and Richlands go at it. Um, I've been the uh, WXM high school football scoreboard show host throughout the regular season. I've been doing that for the past six years, and it's been a lot of fun doing that. And, uh, you know, as the regular season ends, we end our scoreboard show coverage, and we cover in the playoffs. We just cover the games. But, um, you know, I uh, didn't have to go down to the radio station to work this past Friday night. So what I done was I decided to uh, go watch the Richlands and Central VHSL Region 2D quarterfinal playoff football game. This was the first ever home playoff game for the Central Warriors in their school history. And it was a, a great night. It was a cool night. Uh, clear, beautiful night to play football. And uh, it was a great team effort and a great win for the Central Warriors as they pick up the win in the VHSL Region 2D quarterfinals over Richlands by a score of 28-16. to 16. Ethan Mullins had two t- passing touchdowns, one to Ben Bricky, and uh, he had an interception return for a touchdown. C.J. Crabtree sealed the win late in the fourth quarter with a 34-yard touchdown run to pick up the victory for the Warriors. They end up winning this game 28-16. to 16. Other scores from Region 2D quarterfinal action. Ridgeview, number one seed Ridgeview, defeating number eight seed Marion, 49-7. to Number two seed Union, defeating number seven seed Gate City, 20-19. to That game was on 92.5 WLSD, our sister station there, at 93.5 WAXM. Also, yesterday, we had number three seed Graham, defeating Tazewell by a final score of 42-14. to Over in Region 1D, football quarter final playoff action. We had number one seed Patrick Henry defeating number eight seed Honaker by a score of forty nine to or excuse me, forty one to fourteen. Number two seed J.I. Burton defeating number seven seed Castlewood a forty four to nothing. And we had number three seed Chihuahua defeat number six seed Thomas Walker forty nine to nothing. Yesterday afternoon we had a number five seed Holston defeat number four seed Eastside by a final score of 29-15. to 15. In Region 3D quarterfinal action, only one local team made it from here, and that was Abingdon. They were the number seven seed. They faced the number two seed, Northside. Northside defeating them Friday night by a final score of, uh, it was 49, or 48-28. to 28. So, um, great season for Abingdon. They go 5-5, five and five, make the playoffs, end up losing in the first round. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it, it's tough to see a team having to adapt to play, um, 
being in a conference full of Region 2 schools when you're a Region 3 school. That's what Abingdon has to do, and they do play some Region 3 schools outside of conference. They played Pulaski County, um, play Christiansburg, so they play a lot of Region 3 schools as well, away from their um, regular Mountain 7 district schedule. Um, but good season for them. Uh, my takeaways from this weekend are this. Gate City fought hard Friday night against Union. I really thought that game was probably going to be the best game of the weekend besides uh, Central and Richlands as far as closeness was concerned. And it really lived up to the hype. You know, Gate City was uh, four and six entering that game, and really their record really doesn't indicate how good of a football team they are. They played tough all year long. Started out with a huge win over Richlands in week one, beating them. I think that score was uh, 34 to uh, 23 that week. So, big win for Gate City to start off the year. Then they lose five in a row, losing to tough teams like Abingdon, Sullivan South, Union, um, Ridgeview. Uh, just had a tough schedule there in the middle of the year, but they bounced back here late in the season, getting wins over Marion, Lebanon. And uh, playing a central team that ended up winning Friday night as well uh, in the Region 2D playoffs uh, to a very strong 35-21 game to end the regular season. Um, they ended up going 4-6 and six, losing that game. But uh, Friday night they played their hearts out. And I give them a lot of credit for hanging in there and playing tough. Um, it's not easy going to Bullet Park to play a playoff game of any matter, whether it be a Region 2D quarterfinal, whether it be a state semifinal, whatever sort of game it is, Bullet Park is a tough place to play at, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that atmosphere will be next week. Um, next week we have Region 1D and 2D quarterfinal action. In Region 1D, it'll be the number five seed Holston at number one seed Patrick Henry. I believe that game will be played at Emory and Henry like it was this past weekend. Uh, if I'm guessing, that game will be uh, Friday night at 7. And then it'll be number 3 seed Chilhowie traveling to number 2 seed J.I. Burton to take on the J.I. Burton Raiders. That game will be on Saturday afternoon at 1.30, either at Lawson Fitchgoe Stadium or at UVA Wise. Not sure yet if their field will be ready by next weekend's game. My guess is is that it will be ready. Um, you know, don't have much rain or snow in the forecast looks like for this week. So we'll see how the fields will play out and how they'll get to play. But that game will be on Saturday afternoon at 1.30 between Chilhowie and Jai Burton, and that should be a fantastic rematch between two schools that met in the regular season. They're back in week two. Chilhowie picking up that victory there early in the season believe it was 49-14. So um, it's going to be a good rematch. Both these teams have been different since then. Uh, Burton has reeled off nine straight wins. Uh, Chihuahua has uh, won, I believe, eight of their last nine. So uh, it's going to be a very fun year and a very fun weekend in the Region 1D playoffs. We'll see what takes place there. Region 2D playoff football action Getting set for next weekend in the semifinals. It'll be number four Central traveling to number one Ridgeview. That game will be played at uh, Wolfpack Stadium up on Rose Ridge. That'll be Friday night at 7 p.m. And then number three seed Graham will be taking on number two seed Union. 
That game, I believe, will be played on Saturday afternoon at uh, one at two o'clock. That will be at Bullet Park. I'm not sure on these times yet. Just guessing on them. The two times I do know are Burton and Ridgeview. Their games are set in stone. Burton will be played Saturday afternoon. Ridgeview will play their game on Friday night. So um, I'll keep an eye on out on when they announce the Patrick Henry and Holston game as well as the Graham and Union game as well for Region 1D and Region 2D. But there's you look back on the uh, playoff action there for Region 1D and 2D over the weekend and what took place along with Abingdon and Region 3D. I just want to give everybody a quick rundown of what took place there. And it should be a very fun weekend of high school football playoff action next weekend. Um, got the Region 2D semifinals, Region 1D semifinals next week. Uh, the TSSAA, they're in the state quarterfinals. A couple of notable results from there. Dobbins-Bennett defeating Bearden Friday night, 28-14. Maryville winning their game. They advanced to take on Dobbins-Bennett. That's going to be a very good matchup. Um, Greenville defeating Anderson County Friday night in 4A, 24-7. Uh, Elizabethan winning their game as well. So uh, that's going to be a matchup in Region 4A. It'll be Elizabethan and Greenville in a rematch. This game will be at Elizabethan Friday night at 7 p.m. So it should be a very fun game there between those two clubs as well. Over in Kentucky, had some major results there. Uh, Belfry defeating Pike Central by a score of 60 to nothing. A big win there for Belfry. They advanced to the state quarterfinals once again in 3A. Um, Johnson Central in 4A, uh, Johnson Central picking up a big win over uh, Harlan County uh, this past week by a score of 49-14. to Good win for Johnson Central. They advance on. Uh, Pipeville defeated Hazard by a final score of 42-13. Um, to Big win for Pipeville. They remain undefeated. They advance on to the quarterfinals. Paintsville. They defeat Raceland Worthington in a very close game by a final score of 20-18 to in Region 1 action. So uh, lots of big playoff results there in Kentucky to keep an eye on. And I look forward to seeing uh, how the matchups shake up there next week in the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Pipeville and Paintsville will play each other in a rematch next week in Region 1A. Um, in Region 4A, it's looking like Johnson Central will advance on to the quarterfinals. Um, maybe taking on somebody like Lexington Catholic. Not 100% sure on that yet, but I'll keep an eye on that as well. And Belfry will advance on to their state quarterfinals. Uh, not sure who they're going to play, but they'll be playing Friday night at 7 p.m. So, um, great night of high school football action there across uh Northeast Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, and Southeast Kentucky, all of them in the playoffs now. It was the first round of the playoffs in the VHSL and the second round of the playoffs in the TSSAA and the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. So um should be a lot of fun to see, uh, like I said, how these matchups will unfold. Um, a lot of them potentially are going to be rematches. And in Southwest Virginia, in Region 2D, as well as Region uh, 1D, you'll have at least three rematches next week from the regular season. Chilhowee and Burton playing each other in Week 2. Um, Chilhowee winning that game by a score of 49-14. to 
Uh, Region 2D, you had Central and Ridgeview play each other back in Week 3. Ridgeview defeating Central by a score of 41-20 up on Warrior Hill. And then Union and Graham, they faced off against each other in Week 2. Union kicked a last-second field goal to win that game 32-29. to uh, so that will be a very fun weekend of rematches in uh, the VHSL High School Football Playoffs Region 1D and 2D semifinals, as well as a big rematch over in Northeast Tennessee in the TSSAA 4A state quarterfinals between Greenville and Elizabethan. Greenville is 10 and uh, 2 entering this matchup, and Elizabethan is 12 and 0. So. Um, I'll keep an eye on more of the matchups as they're made official, but those are the ones I know for now. So definitely looking forward to seeing what takes place there. Yesterday was a big day in college football. We had multiple matchups with uh, ranked teams pitted against one another in a big-time matchup in the SEC. It was number four, Georgia, defeating number 12, Auburn, by a score of 21-14. Jake Fromm with 140 yards passing, three touchdowns on the day to help lead the Georgia Bulldogs to a victory in that matchup. Uh, number 10, Oklahoma, defeats number 13, Baylor, by a score of 34-31. They come back from a 28-3 third-quarter uh, deficit. Stop if you haven't heard that before. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. Yes, we all know that. But this one is different. Um... Baylor was undefeated in entering this matchup and really had to try to make a statement. And they really did early on, played great. But the championship mentality of Oklahoma and the playoff mentality of Oklahoma really showed through last night at the end of that game, coming back from 31-10 to 10 down late in the third quarter to pick up a victory, 34-31. Huge win for Oklahoma last night there on Saturday Night Football on ABC. Another big game yesterday is number 20, Iowa, against number 8, Minnesota, at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. Iowa defeating number 8, Minnesota. Number 20, Iowa defeating number 8, Minnesota, by a score of 23-19. to 19. A huge win for Iowa. They go to 7-3 and three on the year. They get the pig trophy that is uh, awarded annually to the winner between those two schools. And um, You know, Minnesota, they played their hearts out yesterday and uh, they continue to show why they're a very good team and why they deserve to be in the discussion. Um, you know, it's tough to see a team lose, but, you know, they played their hearts out and that's all they can do. Uh, Iowa was just a little bit better than them yesterday. And they pick up the win 23-19. to 19. Of course, the big story yesterday in college football, number five Alabama was at Mississippi State yesterday. Uh, there was a lot of uh, talk there before the game about whether Alabama should play to a tag of Iola or not, and they ultimately did. And, you know, he had a great game. He played really well there in the first half. But there late in the second quarter, he got hit on the uh, side of the leg there and in the hip, and ultimately he dislocated his right hip, and he will be out for the rest of the season while his team was ahead 35-7. to um, I'll say this on that decision. Um, I, I don't try to criticize the coach's decision too much because I'm not the coach and it's not my job to do that. Ultimately, my job is to be a fan and watch what takes place and just analyze it. Um, 
I understand why Nick Saban was wanting to practice the two-minute drill. But at the same time, when your team is up 35-7 to and you have an opportunity to play your backup quarterback for the remainder of the first half, however much time was left, I think it was about three minutes or so, and then play him on in the second half and then play him against the um, NCAA FCS opponent you're pl- play, facing next week in Wofford. Um, you know, it's a tough decision. But at the same time, I, I get why Saban kept him in. But at the same time, you have to make the decision of what's best for your football team at that point. And if your team's up 35-7, to seven, you should be able to trust your backup quarterback to say, all right, just keep us in position to win this game, keep us in position to win next week's game, and we'll bring Tua back for the Iron Bowl. That would have been the best decision in my beliefs. But ultimately, Tua goes down with the dislocated hip. Now Alabama will have to rely on that backup quarterback, who's a pretty solid quarterback. He started against uh, Auburn, or not Auburn, Arkansas there, few weeks ago, picked up a big win while Tua was out. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting to see how these injuries will affect these teams. I feel like this injury here could be very detrimental to Alabama, but we'll just have to wait and see how the backup will respond. And it'll be fun to see how it goes down the rest of the year. Uh, Other notable games yesterday... Uh, number two, Ohio State picking up a big win yesterday. Um, Penn State, number eight, Penn State defeating Indiana by a score of uh, 28-21. to Good win there for Penn State, uh, especially rebounding after last week's tough luck loss to Minnesota. Um, uh, Tennessee was off yesterday in college football. Locally, uh, ETSU defeated Mercer by a final score of 38-33. to on senior day, good win for the Buccaneers as they finish their season. Um, UVA Wise was on the road yesterday at UNC Pembroke, and UNC Pembroke picks up the win over UVA Wise 20-7. UVA Wise finishes the season at 2-9. and nine. Uh, Tough year for the Cavs. Uh, they've got some strength on the defensive side of the ball and can build a lot off the defensive side of the ball. Their uh, main question going into next year is who's going to be the quarterback moving forward. And I feel like they need to stick with either Lyndon Redwine or Tanner Bernard at this point. I feel like Redwine might be the best option for us right now because he does have have a little bit of uh, mobility. He can move in the pocket. That's something that you need to be able to run the type of offense that we have run this season. That's a shotgun-type spread offense that really – um, has a lot of movement to it and a lot of movement parts. Um, so that's my takeaway on the game yesterday. Um, a great season by Drew Vermillion. He ends up breaking the uh, school record for total punts in a season there for UVA Wisen. I know that's not a record to uh, brag about or you know boast about, but Drew has played his heart out this season, and I'm very uh, appreciative of his efforts throughout the year and what he has done. And it, it's 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 very interesting to see how all of these teams uh, react to this sort of year. Uh, the Cavs will have to rebound from this, 
moving forward in the SAC, it was a uh, really a wake-up call moving into the South Atlantic Conference. But now that they have a year under their belt, they'll get to rebound next year, bring in a new recruiting class, and come in and play with a new sense of urgency. And that's what you need to do moving forward. So there's my take on the 2019 season for the Cavs. They go 2-9. and nine. They book in their home portion of the schedules with wins over Chawan 40-22 and over Catawba by a score of 21-14. They lose all the games in the middle, including the Tusculum 21-14, Limestone 27-6, and they lost to Mars Hill 21-14 as well. Lost a lot of home close games this year. On the road, we lost to Carson Newman 42-7. We lost to Lenore Ryan by a score of 62-6. to Lost to Wingate 45-13. to Lost to UNC Pembroke yesterday by a score of 20-7. We lost to Tennessee Tech 31-14. to um, Like I said, tough year for the Cavs, but lots to build on moving forward for the future. And I look forward to seeing how our recruiting class does in 2020. So... There's your look back at the college football action from yesterday. Most of the notable ranked games with ranked teams pinning against one another. And a couple big scores there from Alabama and from Penn State. And then the injury to, to uh, Tagovailoa. It's a tough break for him. You know, he has been a great quarterback throughout his career at Alabama. He's set a lot of uh, career records there for Alabama, including touchdown passes. Um, I believe he has maybe... Uh, the most wins in school history as a starter up to this point anyway. And he just uh, has a great future in front of him. And I hope that he can recover from this dislocated hip. And I hope that he has a shot to continue to play on in the NFL. Um, it'll just be tough to see what takes place here over the next few weeks. But uh, it's always tough to see a person that you really respect and a quarterback you really respect gets hurt. And two, I really respect. He's had a great story, and he has been a man that has been very uh, instrumental to his team's success, definitely, along with his receivers like Jerry Judy and his tight end, you know, he and his running backs. You know, his running backs are very successful too. Saban's done a fantastic job building the team around Tua. There's no doubt about it, and that defense is definitely dominant as well. Um, will Alabama have a shot to make the playoff? If they win out and go 11-1, and one, it's possible. Is it probable? I don't see it, simply because you're going to have conference champions that are going to have one loss as well. And to me, a conference champion, no matter who they play, no matter what their record is, I mean, if it's the same record as Alabama at 11-1 and or 12-1, and for example, that team should have pre a precedent over an 11-1 and Alabama team. That is just my um, construed and uh, valid opinion and just one that I feel like, you know, a lot of fans should uh, take an instance in as well. So we'll see what takes place here the next few weeks in college football. Well, we've got a couple weeks remaining here in the regular season before the conference championships. So definitely lots on the line here throughout the next few weeks. 
Uh, got a big Ohio State Michigan game coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, Penn State still got to play Ohio State next weekend. That'll be a huge bracket buster, playoff buster game. Looking forward to that. I believe game day will be there next week in Columbus. And uh, so lots on the line there. And looking forward to seeing what all takes place here in the rest of the regular season. Notable NFL games today on the docket. You got the 5-4 uh, and four NFC East leading Dallas Cowboys traveling to Detroit to take on the 4-5-1, and one, or excuse me, yeah, 4-5-1 and one Detroit Lions. Um, in the late window, you'll have the 9-1 uh, and one New England Patriots traveling to Philadelphia to take on the 5-4 and four Eagles. Sunday night football tonight will be between the four and five Bears and the five and four LA Rams and uh, should be a great day of football throughout with everything in between. Uh, those are the looks at the notable one, four, and 8 p.m. games, what I believe are the best early, midday, and late games as well. Um, big game in the AFC today at one o'clock. It'll be between Baltimore and Houston. Uh, this matchup pits the NFC South, uh, AFC South leader against the AFC North leader. And uh, two former Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks going at it, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Um, so uh, definitely lots on the line there in Houston between those two quarterbacks and between those two teams as well to try and solidify themselves into potentially a spot for a bye in the AFC playoffs up to the number two spot. We'll have to wait and see what takes place there. Um, Minnesota, they've got a big game today. Um, it's it's a big-time NFL day, and it's a lot of fun to, to keep up with all these uh, teams from around the uh, NFL and what's going on around the league. Um, but those are the most notable matchups I've got my eye on today. Uh, Atlanta's facing Carolina today. Washington's facing the New York Jets. Um, of course, the big story from Thursday night, Miles Garrett being indefinitely suspended after hitting Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet after getting sacked on the play. Um, I think that was definitely the right move. Definitely uh, suspending him indefinitely will ensure that he'll be out for the rest of this season. That's the right move. Um, regardless of how your position is of what Mason Rudolph tried to do while he was on the ground getting sacked, that doesn't matter. That still doesn't excuse what Miles um, Garrett done to him at the end of that. Uh, Marcus Pouncey, I feel like his suspension was maybe justified, especially punching and kicking uh, Garrett there after uh, he had got tackled to the ground by David DeCastro. Um, Mason Rudolph only getting a fine. I uh, feel like it's a solid move. They maybe could have suspended him for one game, but I understand why they didn't. Um, DeCastro was acting in self-defense, taking out Garrett to try to stop him from taking out Rudolph. That was a solid move there. I, I don't see why he should have got any punishment. But Pouncey getting three games was probably the right move. Maybe could have been two. But I feel like that's the solid move there. So there's my takeaway on the brawl from Thursday night between Cleveland and Pittsburgh at the end of that game. And 
uh, just a just a rough scene is something that I've never really seen in the NFL in a long time. Um, the last incident that I remember that's kind of similar to it was when uh, Andre Johnson ripped off the helmet of uh, Tennessee's cornerback. I believe his name was Slay back at the time. And uh, that's about as close as I remember to it, but nothing to that uh, extremeness of violence there by Miles Garrett. And they definitely done the right thing suspending him indefinitely for the rest of the season. So there's your look back on uh, Thursday night football. Uh, Cleveland won that game, by the way, 21-7. to and uh, just took away from the big win from Cleveland, I felt like, with all that going on. But there's you a look at the uh, NFL for this week. Uh, Green Bay's off this week, so they will not play. Um, so there you go. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast for uh, Sunday, November 17th, 2019. If y'all don't mind, uh, share this podcast with your friends. I'm on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcast at, ladies and gentlemen, I'm there. And uh, we'll keep you posted on everything that's going on around the high school football playoffs locally here in southwest Virginia, northeast Tennessee, and southeast Kentucky, along with what's going on in college football and in the NFL as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, my name is E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I will see you all next time. For E.T. Considers Everything, I'm E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins. Later, everybody. Thank you for listening.